Shame is real. Shame is everywhere. Shame affects everyone. Shame is your enemy. Shame is my enemy. Shame is a killer. A killer of dreams. Shame is the reason for most of your fears. Shame never goes away. The only way to win shame is to talk about it. For shame cannot shame the shameless. Welcome to the Shameless Podcast with Ajiwali Uluwatun. Hello guys and welcome to another episode of the Shameless Podcast. My name remains Ajiwali Uluwatuni and today is the 11th episode. If you've not followed us thus far, welcome and if you've been following us, thank you very much for keeping in too. So today we have two special people in the house. Um, this is the first time we are going to be having two guys together and um, I, 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 I particularly wanted it to be like this. You know, since for, for the first 10 episodes, we have just one person. Okay, let's try having two guys this time around and let's see how it goes. I have Toluani with me and I have Tahir with me. These guys have been together since like 2013 and uh, they're very good friends. Um, I've, I've, I've watched their, their friendship, you know, from afar and I love their chemistry. Um, and one thing I know that, you know, binds them together is the fact that they are well-read. That is, they read a lot of books and all of that, yeah? Aside from the fact that they are believers, of course. Um, today, we're going to be talking a lot about shame, but before that, like we do, Toluani, I want you to introduce yourself, then Tarya will go next. Tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, what you enjoy, and all of those things. Okay, good evening, everybody. Uh, my name is Toluan Miyokwadi. Um, currently, um, what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, currently, uh, I own a book club uh, and I own a non-profit, a book club called Book Culture and a non-profit called Launch Nigeria. Um, I like to read, I like to travel, I like to listen to music. Um, I feel like Emma is the best rapper ever. And I also feel like... Am I? Um, yes, am I. Am I Miss <laughs> <laughs> <Mr. laughs> And I feel like um, Amala, like I said, uh, and I'm going to, go to say it again, Amala, I'm planting Angelo Christ and God's <laughs> gift of humanity after Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't have anything to say about that. Alright, good evening everyone. Alright, Gitare, good evening. My name is Tare. Um, okay. How do I introduce myself? Okay, I'm a student. Um, I'm currently running my master's program in, in applied linguistics. Uh, I love to read and I love to do writing once, once a while. Tony pushes me, it's good. I love music, I love to travel, um, and like Tolu, I also believe that my bagger is the greatest rapper of all time. <laughs> um, yeah. 
right, thank you guys. Thank you guys. I I, I also love Emai. I, I think he is he's been the one that resonated with him more. I'm not too much of a music person, but come on, Emma is great. Okay. And he has uh, a cost. I like you. I think I like you because of his consistency. Yeah. No, it, he has given us back to back. Right. And uh, that's something for me, right? Um, thank you very much to Lou and Tare for coming to the show. I know how busy your schedule can be. I know it's not, it's not even easy taking one hour of time or someone's time these days, these days rather. But thank you guys for coming around. Thank you very much. All right, so just to jump on in the show so that we can make the best use of the time, considering that we are two guys, we might, it might be quite interactive. And I just want to say to Lou and Tare, right? If you feel Tare says something that you don't agree with, right? You can chip in, you can give your arguments, you can give your defense, right? There's no casting stone procedure here. We're just doing it like we're chatting, right? Like we're interacting on a normal. Right. So let's start with the definition of shame. Tare, what do you think is shame or what do you define as shame? All right. Um, shame. Mm. Okay, I, I define this as, you know, something something that co- brings embarrassment or irritation to someone and then um, i said the context would better put the definition yes like our conversation would better put the definition for me but in layman's terms for me it's more like something that causes an embarrassment to you or irritation to you okay okay uh so so i've read a couple of books right on shame and one thing most of these writers try to do is to differentiate between shame embarrassment emulation and guilt right and this they claim they, they believe and they give they give evidences right based on research and all of that that these four things are, are four different things right so i want you to dial down on what you mean by embarrassment so feel free to give scenarios or give it a, a, an expressive ad so that we can put this properly to context like your advice shame is quite a broad word like in that sense of it like everything you've mentioned or, or, or the definitions the way they viewed it we can take that part and the environment is different humiliation is different um uh, what is it Guilt, implication, embarrassment. Yeah. But at the same time, we can also see it as shame. Shame being an umbrella for all of these things. Yeah. You know, I'm, if you humiliate me, for instance, I can say, oh, I, I, I was shamed today, or I feel ashamed. If you, um, if I feel guilty, I might define it as a shameful act. Okay. Yeah, so shame can be a word that serves as a cover-up for all of those things. But like I said, context will now make it or context for me we give it more meaning. Okay. Scenario give it more meaning. Okay. So so if I if I get it clearly right, you're saying fine, you agree that all of these things have different definitions, right? But shame has been used loosely, you know 
to refer to each and every one of these things. Yes, that would that would work. That could work too. Okay, so I, I'll come back to you, Tare, right? And I want you to give me, you know, context, you know, to what you would define by shame. Well, let me hear from Tolu. Tolu, what do you think shame is? Do you agree with Tare? Um, yeah, I do agree with Tare. But I just want to add that okay. um, I think shame is a feeling. Hmm. So uh, I don't think it's it's not a real thing. It's just a feeling, hmm. and like all forms of feeling, shame can be controlled. But I think major emphasis on, like you said, guilt and embarrassment and shame, and how there seems to be an intersection between all of them, the major thing that, I think the major things that joins them together is the fact that it's a feeling. So, and then most of the times, it's usually, it's usually, it's usually um, defined by a person, or shame is usually defined by a person or by a person's society. Mm. So what might be a cause of, a source of shame to me might not be a source of shame to another person. Um, I know you were asking Tare for instances of shame. I think a perfect instance would be um, probably um, you probably have an extra year in school and then like we do, like it's the culture in Ife where I finished from. Um, you do um, this thing called Freshers Welcome Committee Wherever you go and do catch them young now, catch freshers young. You can welcome them. And you are going to take courses with you that you did to welcome as a fresher. Or wait, are you welcome? Yeah, you're welcome as a fresher. So I feel like that's like a perfect example of shame. But the thing is, it might it might be shameful for you, or it might be shameful for me, but it might be shameful for somebody who probably in their family they if you don't have an extra year, you have not started life. So, if I only say, you have one extra year, almost normal level, normal level, yeah. So, <laughs> okay. The feeling first off, and it is mostly defined. There's, I don't, I think there's no clear-cut definition of what shame is. It's okay. mostly defined by... Um, individual. What, yes, individual and the society. Mm. How you view it. What mm. might be shaped to uh, my dream family, the, the royal family, might not be shameful to the real family that I am now. So, <laughs> so, so I, I wanted to put that to context. Which one is rich family? Which one is fake family? No, no, for instance, you know, like my dream family, the, not my dream family. I know that there's a lot of bad press about us, but my dream family, they might say, oh, you shouldn't go out. Um, go out. Uh, what's the word? I don't know. One of these real rules. I can't remember. It's been a long time I've been there. <laughs> okay. Um, you should. When you meet somebody, it's proper that you shake the person's hand firmly, and then look. Oh, yeah. Or you, the ladies should curtsy. But uh, you are. But in this, my family. If you meet someone that's older, you don't shake. You prostrate. So if I go, if if I go to my my real family and I go and prostrate, as is my culture, like in my real family, it might be they might they might call like a, a press conference or a family meeting for me, and say you have embarrassed the real family. But you brought shame to the real family. 
But if I do, if I dare, if I dare in my life stretch my hands out to shake somebody <laughs> in this Yoruba culture that I come from, hey, the world will not get the last of it. Okay. My grandfather would be dead, would be informed of it. So, yeah, I, I think it's just defined by so, society. society. Yeah. Yes, society. Because I'm the person mm. okay. who, 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 who is involved. So, Toluani, thank you very much for this, right? I, 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 I'm going to come back to it. But you mentioned something at the beginning. You said shame is a feeling that doesn't exist. Did I get it right? Did I say it doesn't exist? No, I, did, I didn't say... Did I say it doesn't exist? I said it's a feeling. I didn't say it doesn't exist. Did I say that? I think you said something like um, shame is a feeling but does not necessarily exist or something. Okay, oh, oh, oh. I'm seeking clarification now. I want to be sure I heard you well. Okay, I think I think I think we're having I think context. So yeah, it's a feeling, and I feel like, um, like all form of feelings, it can be dealt with. It exists, it definitely exists. It definitely definitely exists. And if I said that, that must have been an error on my part. Okay, okay, okay. That's 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 good. Eh? That's good. So so I want to come to Tare, right? Um, Tare, I want you to give me one experience you've had about shame. Like, like, what's your worst shame experience? <laughs> okay, I've had, I've had many experiences. Uh, so let, let me pick one. Growing up, yeah, uh, my height. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did not see that. Why did I forget that? <laughs> okay. Bye. Great okay. Bye. Yes. Uh, so it was hard growing up. Let me put it that way because I'm always like the smallest in class, you know, and things like that. So I said I had issues with my height. I was always feeling like, <laughs> what was the problem? And then I remember drunk camp, I was I heard testimony of people their green get and I would keep praying. <laughs> I would look at my trousers <laughs> the rest of my trousers are still the same. Again, so yeah, that was definitely one for me. I had issues with my eyes. I I, I thought it was shameful okay. or embarrassing. Okay. Like why why would someone be this short? <laughs> <laughs> So, and uh, for me, the way I, one way I dealt with it was I, I saw other people who were comfortable in their skin, they were comfortable with themselves, and then I did not necessarily have to be short now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Genetic, you know, right? <laughs> yeah. So, and I saw, you know, Kevin Hart is short, 5'3", MI is short, 5'2". <laughs> you are five months. I'm five three. <laughs> you are fella diamond. <laughs> so <laughs> I I I saw all of that. I, I remember you know 2011, 2012. Yeah. And when I started listening to MI then and the way he referred to himself proudly as short black man, I was like, ah. Yeah, God, yeah, I'm, I remember that song. <laughs> like and this year is someone who 
has already taken pride in the fact that see, I'm sure there's nothing you will do. And then I came across the picture of Kevin Hart and then Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal is seven feet tall, seven one. Yeah, yeah, bro. I was telling my brother that why would Kevin Hart go and snap a picture with O'Neal? Like, what in the world does he think? And my brother was like, Kevin Hart is comfortable in his skin. He's the one that would demand for that picture. <laughs> I had to work, rework my mindset to that. Oh, so uh, then I'll start saying, if you are taller than me, you are too tall. <laughs> if you are shorter than me, God help you. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was how I dealt with that one. Okay, okay, okay. Tolu, thank you, Daria. I'll, I'll come back to that in a moment, right? Tolu, I want to tell me your own worst shame express. Problem. <laughs> What did you say? Problem, that's a big issue. <laughs> Why? I think, okay, I think, I think in one particular instance, I remember when it was going off. Um, my parents were not, or have never been the flashy kind of, like the flashy people. So when we were growing up, we never had access to designer clothes and designer bags. And as if, as if that was not bad enough, my parents didn't believe in um, us having a DSTV. In fact, up till today, we don't own a DSTV in my house. We own, we own, I think we own a good TV. And even the good TV itself is we that have to pay for it because my parents will never. We're the ones that actually bought the good TV and started paying for it. So, and then, so we never, I never used to watch, I never grew up watching cartoons, all this Ben 10, all this kind of thing. And I never, I never grew up dressing to fit because my, my, my parents are pastors yeah. and I'm, yeah vividly I remember that my father used to wear um, this I think they call it bishop no not bishop color sorry turtleneck mm-hmm. and it's so the same turtleneck for me and my brother mm-hmm. or when they are sewing lace they will sew this old like lace style that you will not you will not choose <laughs> you will not and then obviously oversized shoes <laughs> Yes, because yeah. my father was civil servant and there's no way to be very sure every distance. So I remember vividly that it used to be um one black shoe mm-hmm. for Christmas with this year and one brown shoe mm-hmm. next year. So if you have a black shoe now you're going to wear it for the next two years and you have a brown shoe, like two years till you get a new black shoe. And it was not like my parents were poor. They just like they just like they just like to minimize stuff. So I usually felt very ashamed um, when my mates were having conversations that, that, that surrounded stuff like that because I didn't have a say. I didn't have a voice. And it was very terrible. Though. It was very terrible because I felt, ex- for the longest time, I felt excluded. For the longest time, I felt people, you know, people didn't want to be my friends because I wasn't their kind of person. And even though I tried to um, say, okay, let me, make up, let me make up for it in good grades. So I used to have very good grades when I was when I was younger until I got to OU and he told me that I'm not, <laughs> not really that smart. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it still didn't make, it, it still didn't make up for... So I, I, I was still excluded. Yeah. So I always felt like um, I was excluded probably because of that. I'm, my, maybe my friends were ashamed of me so my friends would do birthday parties 
and they would not invite me. So I was thinking that it was probably because of like um, how do I describe it? Because of I, I didn't have there was no point of conversation. But then growing up, now that I'm looking back at it, I realized that actually my friends didn't like to sideline me. I actually just felt that way. And I sidelined myself. So I, I just automatically, I just like, I don't want to, I don't want to go and do this myself. So from the beginning of the term, I only sidelined myself. So I had friends, but I really, really didn't have a lot of friends. So yeah, but I think growing up, I just became very, 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 very comfortable in my own skin when I realized that um, nobody has it all. Yeah. None of us have it all. None of us have it all figured out. So the little that I had, the small thing that I had, I made sure that I use I carry megaphone and I amplified it. Yeah. So if it was the clothes my parents could afford to buy for me at the time, mm-hmm. I would wear it with my full chest. So, yeah. So, so your your story is quite relatable, right? <clears throat> Especially the part where you, you tell the tailor that this is the style he wants, right? There's one man that used to make, make clothes for us while we were growing up. His name is Baba Sule, right? And I already know clothes you will make from the name. <laughs> you know, we tell him Baba, sleep it, laugh it, you know, and all of those things, and. He said, Baba will say, okay, come on, worry, come on, worry. You know, and in like two, three days, Baba will send clothes to our house and we'll wear it and we'll be feeling, you know, it, it affected me too, right? It affected my self esteem, you know. And when I had freedom, I, start, I, 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 I tried to cover up for it by trying to dress properly, right? And try, try to dress well. And, you know, I was not treating the fundamental issue, right? I'm going to get there soon. I'm going to ask us. I was not treating the fundamental issue. I was just trying to cover up for, you know, my my lack or my inadequacies in the past, right, Tolu? So now I want to ask you, do you think because of your lack of exposure growing up, right, that is why you, you started reading a lot, right? You're trying to cover up for all of the times where you did not get to know a lot of things, you did not get to watch a lot of those cartoons and all of those things. Do you think that's why you, you started reading a lot? So for context, if you are listening to this, right, Tolu last year read about 36 books all through the year, and I think he's going for 100 or there about this year. Oops, so that's why I'm not, asking. I am not. <laughs> <laughs> I am not definitely. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, answer your question. Um, my father bought me a lot of books. I okay. think it's the first time I'm ever going to say it. My father bought me a lot of books. He used to buy us um, this lantern series. Oh, okay. So okay. He off as, uh, my father used to come to come and pick us very late. Like okay. 6 p.m. And we closed, school closed, like, school got closed like 3.34. Okay. So to bread was, he would buy bread. Like, there was this special bread he liked. And then, um... I grew up in Canada. There's this place this called Chinese restaurant. So we buy the bread. And the bread was off his office, like way off. My father would drive there to go and buy the bread. And then buy us this lantern series. And so that was how I started reading. And we, my father is like an academic. So we always, like I always had, I mean, when we, when we were growing up, we didn't have a library. 
I say. Like yep. he didn't have a library books. So he used to put his books everywhere in the house. Okay. So we'd have a ton of his books in my room. There are books in the in the in the in the passage. There are books in the room. So we I was just like surrounded by a lot of books. I those kind of books. So well all the free time I had, like inside the house. So I didn't see that making up for anything per se. Yeah. It was just more like to, to to pass off time. And I felt like my academic grades came because my father was an academic. Okay. And my, my parents, okay, my parents were academic, academics. Yeah. And um, it just made a lot of sense that if your mother is a teacher or your father is a lecturer, you cannot go and go and feel and bring bad results to this house. Because <laughs> Lift your head. So, yeah, I, I, I felt like that. That so it, it became it became like a habit that I just couldn't couldn't um, couldn't couldn't take away from my life. But yeah, I'm not reading. I'm not reading hundred books this year. I've, I've probably not even read. I'm not even. I don't think I've even read five or six. I'm doing this year's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, this year I'm, I'm taking I'm taking I'm taking a long break. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's good. I, I I just wanted to share that you know, you're not doing this for that, you know, and all of that. Like I was, yeah. So let let me ask Tanya. Um, so shame is not something that comes naturally, right? Yeah. How did you know that being short was bad? Okay. So, um, before we move on I, I want to redefine um shame in context of our discussion i would now define it as an exclusion kind mm. of it sin or society so i wanted to say that again please i said i would define it as, as an exclusion okay either in the mind of, of individual or in the eyes of society mm. Anything mm-hmm. that is against norm is seen as um, shameful. Like we are in a class of fifty, I am the only short. So it is not, <laughs> because it's not norm. Everybody is always talking about it. Mm-hmm. So it's now it looks shameful. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. and um, <laughs> like in Tolu's case. Um, Everybody in the class is talking about Benton, you know, the fine cars and things like that. Because he is not, he does not know anything about it. Yeah. He looks odd. Yeah. Looks weird. So it's now shameful. Now, in the in the eyes of society, he's excluded from the conversation. Yeah. They start him with, you know, the heights of shame, and because of the way society views him, in his own mind, already he has taken that mentality as well so yeah. for me growing up because people were always making reference to my eyes like ah, they are short they are too short and girl, girls can be very funny yeah i remember having a conversation with um if a female yeah I, I don't want to use the word friend an old classmate the very first conversation we had and she was like i can't date a short person no. And and in my mind, I had just zeroed on the friendship. Like, no, 
Nothing can happen with him. So what? <laughs> but that's the mentality. Mm-hmm. Thought now, if I can talk to a girl, mm-hmm. most of my girl response is like, ah, "Do you want our children to be short? Mm-hmm. I can't marry a short man." <laughs> and you get so. Even when I try to make jokes using variation in biology, like a variation gene, some might be tall, blah, 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 blah. Go need, go necessary. So in my head, in my head as a person, I felt that ah, being short was a problem. Being short was a problem. And I was quite popular in school. In secondary school, I played football a lot and I was good at it. So it, it made me, it felt like superpower. Okay. And I was Smart. not that smart but a little smart so it also felt like his papa but then it would not still cover up for that inadequacy yes the feeling of inadequacy long long I, I, I just had to you know tell myself that I'm short I'm short like there's nothing anybody will do about it like and that was just it so that exclusion was only in my head. Okay. And okay. In, the of, in fact, most times it is because it is in your head that you can see it in the eyes of the society. If you don't see it in your head, mm. nobody would see it that True. way. True. 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 So, so using to lose example, that nobody might even have taken note of the fact that he did not know anything about Ben Ten and all of that. Right, it's yeah. just something in his mind, and you know, <clears throat> he it's clouded his judgment, right? Did I did I get that? Yes. Yeah. 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 Solid stuff. Solid stuff. So, um, I I want to throw this now to both of you, right? We, we've seen we've been able to come to the conclusion that. Shame is a thing in the mind, or shame, shame, shame is a thing of the society and all of that, right? Um, if we are going to trace the source of shame, like where where are you going to trace shame to? You know, like where will you trace if, where you learn shame from? Is it the family? Is it the school? Or for for each of you individually? I'll say the society at large. Okay. I'll, I'll say the society at large. But then the society is made up of individuals. Yeah. It's made up of individuals. But I'll say the society at large. Um, from how people at home address you, um, you know, as a kid. Um, oh. Look at how small you are, your big head, your forehead, and things like that. I mean, if you see the movie Game of Thrones, you will see how Tyrion Lannister, the yeah. imp in the yeah. movie, how that his own family already considered his best shameful. He gets, and his sister hated him because he was born a dwarf. And that it spread out through the whole seven kingdoms. Even he, he had to work on himself. He, he had to read a lot. Yeah. To, you know, 
if he could cover, he has to sharpen his mind because obviously being a dwarf, he could not ride horses like his older brother Jamie. He could not fight like his older brother Jamie. Yeah. His father was giving the the um, Lannister um, what estate, Castle Rock, and things like that. His sister hated it. To now crown it, his death led to the death of his mother. So it all felt like a cause. Yeah. And the that is painful. He gets so it's it became a problem for him growing up. It shaped his mentality mm-hmm. in that movie growing. Eventually killed his father. <laughs> <laughs> but mm-hmm. the point the way his family viewed him and caused society to see him that way. Mm-hmm. You know, and when he was having um, a conversation Brian King, the Prince of Dawn. O'Brien told him how O'Brien was sharing the experience of when he first saw Tyrion. And he told Tyrion, he said, We came to your house at Castle Rock. You had just been born. And then your sister, Cersei, said you were a monster, that you killed her mother. And then, well, myself and my siblings wanted to see this monster. And she took us to your crib. And when we looked down, we saw a baby, a baby whose head was bigger than his body, but regardless, he was still a baby. Mm-hmm. But the sister says he called him a monster. So it was O'Brien and I had to explain to him that you are a dwarf not by your choice and you also did not kill your mother. You are just human. But his family saw his death and, you know, as shameful. Yeah. And carried it on so yes yeah, society and individuals are what define shame in the case of um Tyrion Lannister now his yeah. family did shame mm. for him mm. Mm. let me hear from Tolu Tolu what do you have to say um yeah I, I think um I think he's right so as we're speaking, I just remember there's something that um, I read in a book. One of my favorite authors, Robin Sharma, um, The Five Jobs. Five um, It's called, yes, Five One of my favorite books ever. Um, it's called The Self-Fulfilling Prophecy. And in the book, um, he said, we consciously adopt a thinking pattern by learning from, from the people who influence us most at an early age uh, um, and it's called a, like I said self-fulfilling prophecy so most of the times um, the kind of things that we go on to believe in our in our heads are things that we are told or things we have thought from from a long time the, if you do education they'll tell you that I think from 0 to 6 or 0 to 5 I can't remember now but the mind of um, a child is, is tabula rasa it's a clean slate. So um, the kind of information they are fed is what would um, what they would go on to go and learn like for, for the rest of their lives. It's why um, the royals are trained how to behave like royals from when they are born. Um, it's why um, the Muslims um, take their child to, I don't know how, how serious it is in the south, but when I was in the north, they call it um, 
I think they call it is it Ahmad? No, not Ahmad, yeah. I can't forget what they call it. But they take like from when they are born to when they are ten years old, take them to this school, this Quranic school, four to six, every blessed day. You never miss it. Um and I also remember um this book Meg G, the five year club. Um she said something as you huh? sorry, Meg G, the defining decade, sorry. Um she said something um along the lines of um the mind of a child, like it's easier for a child to believe, so it's easier for the brain of a child to assimilate something when they are younger and than when you are older. And like they usually say, um, you don't bend, I don't know, I'm not good with proverbs, but they say you don't bend an Iroko tree when it is up, is when it is small. So most of the times, everything rises and falls on the self-fulfilling prophecy. It's the society that defines what it is for us. It's the society that defines what it is for us. I remember listening to an interview by Kovam Sasuko where he said Kovam Sasuko, that's celebrity and superstar, Kovam's music producer, singer, songwriter, whatever, everything, every box, Kovam sticks it. Yeah. And then he said, um, he never knew he was lying. He He never knew? Yes. He said, he said the family members were related to him as if he could see. Hmm. So he he told everybody, he told everybody what, yes. Wow. well, he said, so it was when he got out, I was like, ah, oh, okay, oh, okay, okay. So it's actually a thing. <laughs> so he said it, it was when it was when he was growing up and, he, and they would say, oh, can't you see this thing? Like when he goes out to go and play, I think he said he grew up in the barracks. So can't you see this thing? He said, yeah, I cannot see. So, and then he said it was, in fact, he even said that his friends not even got accustomed to it, that they even used to even used to do, to joke with him that they would say, oh, look at the gutter, jump. And he will jump. Sometimes he will not jump. Sometimes he will fall into it. And it was like a thing of play. But when he got into society properly, that he now began to discover that, oh, okay, it's actually, this is actually how it is. So the things we tell ourselves as children, or the things society tells us as children, or the things our parents or our teachers tell us as children, goes a long way to affect us. Um, because, like, everybody, everybody is a product of influence. Um, I know some people will say, oh, I'm a man of my word. I don't need anybody, nobody influences me. But for you to say that you're a man or woman of your word and nobody can influence you, somebody has influenced you to say that. Mm-hmm. So everybody is a product of influence. And so it's it's it also doing those down to the condition of shame. Most of the times it is what society tells us that we ultimately go ahead to believe the self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. I, I like the academic bits that you and Taya bring into this. Taya brought in um, Cyril and Star. You're bringing in um, um, the other lady you mentioned. And, and he, what did he say? MG, MG, honey. What? G, make J's honey. Make J. Okay, make J. Okay. Um, thank you. Um, so in, in both of you's discussion, right? I, I, I was wondering why is it that um, you know, despite the fact that we are adequate in some things, that is we have strength in some things, right? We shame makes us feel as though our inadequacies, right, is 
more superior than our adequacies. So, for instance, Tare said he was a good footballer and he was quite smart, yet he still felt like he was not good enough because of his height, right? You also said you're very good in academics, but you, you felt like you're not good enough, you know, because of, um, you know, the fact that you were not able to contribute to conversations around things within your, um, you know, when, when you're growing up, things like um, cartoons and all of those things, right? Even the example um, Tarek gave us about Tironalista, it was, it, I, I mean, he was like the smartest guy in that movie, right? And, um, you know, he still carried that body, even to the very end, yeah? Why do you think that is? Where, despite your strength, yeah, you are still feeling, you still have that sense of inadequacy, you know? Um, okay, I think, uh, I think, I think it's because um, we like to, we don't, we don't, we don't, is it me? But we don't, we don't celebrate the good side of people enough. Hmm. Oh, I want to, I want you to, to expatriate on that. Okay, we don't celebrate the good side of people enough. For instance, for instance, this guy is fantastic. He's killing it. He, he's an icon to He's a model to you. Okay, for instance, um, today DMX died. Um, sad, heartbreaking, heartbreaking. Yeah. But we never actually. Some people are putting up, putting up his um, pictures and saying like stories, mm-hmm. you know, how he helps them, and how he transformed their lives. But when he was alive, we never, you never said anything like this. Yeah. I know the point is that these people that are saying stuff, they are not like trying to, I mean, quote, farm. Because yeah. they're sharing like now stories of oh, how um, the songs they listened to when they were as children and stuff like that. Yeah. We never actually. I think our society needs to learn that we never actually um, give people their flowers when they are alive. So we say, oh, don't don't hide him too much. So that he said, do not sweat. Do you get? And then you know that you are good, or you might not know that you are good. You might not know because obviously somebody has told you that you are good. But when it just like it's just um, what like what your mother said in her talk, the danger of a single story. When you constantly present a person over and over. Or tell it, or define a person by a particular set of by a particular set of words, or, or by a particular thing over and over. Mm. This is pretty awesome. So, Tony, I, Tony, I think I missed that. So when you when you consider find a person by a particular set yeah. of words over and over, what happens? It's over. It is who they ultimately become. Oh, okay. It's who they ultimately because we are products of what we hear. We are shaped by what we hear. Mm. So when you are constantly um, fed with the narrative of oh you are short or oh you are fat or oh you are ugly or oh you don't fit you don't speak our language mm-hmm. people never people will never say that oh you are brilliant it's just i think it's just a society thing how we don't like to give people their flowers while they are here we just i don't know our society has a problem with a problem with appreciating people you get like it's as, as, and it's 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 a huge problem. Not, we don't we don't want to we don't want to be you want to succeed, but when you when you, you want to succeed, but when you get to where you've gotten to yeah. the heights you've got to, um, you you want to tell yourself that it's only you that you did it. 
Mm. You just want to you you don't you understand you don't you have to take that glory. Yeah, you just want to take the glory. But it's it's not, it's not possible because every single person helps you there. I don't know. It's just uh, it's just a complex. And, <laughs> so it seems to me why he's becoming quite emotional. <laughs> you are, I want to add to what Tolu has yes. said. Um, I remember having a con- I, I was having a conversation with my dad one time. Hmm? My dad made this statement. He said, The dead does no wrong. The dead has no fault. The dead is always perfect. You know? How that is when people die that you see their perfection. When they are alive, you don't see their perfection. All you are after is their imperfections. Even when they attain that height that looks like, oh, this person is good, you still want to find something that, mm, no, it's not good enough. You get, and I, I experienced it growing up. Um, I, I remember reading the story of. Um, this, uh, what was his name? This um, neurosurgeon, Ben Carson. Ben Carson, yeah. And, um, you know, in a class of, in a school that is predominantly white, yeah. I, I think he finished as top three. And the, the proprietor or proprietress of the school came in, in front of everybody about hundreds of students and she said to them that how would all of you be here and a black man mm. is beating you mm. in academic you get mm. he has he has gone to that height where you are supposed to celebrate him but because he is not a part of you know their society now they had to find a fault somewhere to show his you know, inadequacies that, oh, this person is not adequate enough, regardless of whatever he thinks he has achieved. You get so, it still comes down to what we'll be discussing about society. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a lot of challenges growing up. I was short, or oh, I'm, I'm still short, I've not grown taller anyway. Mm-hmm. I was short. Yeah. I'm the only non Yoruba boy. No, 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 Yoruba is not the word. The job boy in classes most of the time. So I'm in the class of 50 people. You have like maybe 40 Yoruba, Igbos, and then I'm the only job boy. My name was also different. It's not a maker, it's not Tunde, you get it's not even um, Musa. It's mm-hmm. just on my name entirely. People used to pronounce my name wrongly. I used to get offended. Mm-hmm. I used to piss off. Like, until my mother had to tell me that they are not smart enough. If mm-hmm. you can pronounce their name and they can't pronounce yours, it means you are smarter than them and they are not smart enough. Maybe you should remind them of that. And she just helped me to work on all of that, you know, and taught me how to accept myself. So, Sometimes, like Tolu said, it's probably because we don't give people their flowers when they are around or when they are doing what is right. I love the story of Kovam that he gave, how that, you know, that's why I define shame as exclusion. Yeah. You know, 
was born that way, unlike the family of Tyrion, the family of Cobans didn't make him feel blind, so he was included. Because when he got out, that people showed him that society already has created that excuse, and that oh guy, you are actually blind. Mm-hmm. You get so until that point, he never believed there was anything as being blind. So I guess it's just about you know giving or celebrating people while we can. I, I, I think this is an important lesson, right? And even for me and, and for, for every other person listening, you know, I I, I do not think <clears throat> that there is any particular time, you know, that I have, I have um, you know, I've, 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 I don't think there's any particular time that I've been very intentional about appraising people for their strength. Right, and I think I think it's just it's just something we everybody needs to watch out for, right? So instead of saying why are you short to somebody that is smart, say I want to be as smart as you are. Right? Instead of focusing people's weakness, why not, you know, focus on their strengths? You know, it no, helps. What you just, just said, you you, for me now, mm-hmm. I had, I've heard statements like, oh. Tyre, you are smart. If not that, you are just short. Mm. Like, why would you attach? Why would you attach my height to your ability? <laughs> yes, my ability. Like, go for the height. If you want to go for the height, just go for it. Like, there's no problem. But why would you do? Tyre, you can do this. Ah, you are just short. Tyre, you can do this. But I don't like all these Uriomi boys. Like, what? What's your problem? So, yeah. So, so I really like I like the, the direction this conversation is taking, right? Um, I, I I swear to God, I've not seen it the way you guys are painting it to me right now. Right? I have never imagined that you know not focusing on people's strengths, you know, and focusing on people's weaknesses. Not that I've not imagined, I've not thought of it. You know, is is something that we really need to watch out for. Right, and I'm grateful for you guys for for opening my eyes to that. Um, I, I I just want to make a joke now, Tare. Yeah. I, I are you still single because of your height? <laughs> no, 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 it's money. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, <laughs> that's 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 understandable. Dude. That's understandable. All right. So let's let's steal today from you know we've been quite uh, academic about all of this. Right? Let's let's take it a little bit towards marriage and relationship and gender. Right? So so for the gender bit, <clears throat> yeah, uh one of the things that are predominant for male, right, is the fact that Men are not expected to cry. Men are not expected to show emotions, you know, and all of those things that they say. Um, you're a man, you're a boy, now why are you crying? Right? That is the shame narrative that was played to me in particular 
and I believe to a lot of other people in the books and research work I've read, you know, that that kept you occurring for men, right? And we grow up, or men grow up rather, to become, you know, breadwinners, so to say. And, you know, when they have challenges and they have problems, they do not want to share with their wife because they believe their wives expect them to solve the problem. So why, why do you need, you know, sharing the narrative or the problem with them? Right. I read I read a story of a man that lost his job and did not tell his wife. He he kept living he was always leaving the house rather every day all dressed up like he's going to work. And the researcher asked him that, hey man, why did you not tell your wife? You know, and he was like, trust me, my wife does not want to know. Right. And and this is relatable, right? Because they will say stuff like I, I don't want to date a book uh, or girls say stuff like money does not matter right as long as you're happy and maybe you start a relationship with them and they are the first person throwing um what's the shade that see that see you're broke yeah yeah, yeah. so so what yeah. what do you guys have to say about the male beats before we go to the film today, today myself okay before to look today myself i took uh, having a conversation about um, the now late justice with Green and uh, Rudy Badger Ginsburg. Yeah, that, that's. I, I hope that, I is that the name of a book? No, the name of a justice. Okay. She, okay. Uh, she died last year. Okay. Um, they made a movie in her name. The title of the movie is on the basis of sex. Okay. She, she won her first three cases in court in the U.S. Cases based on gender discrimination. Okay. And I have the movie on my laptop, and Tulu and I were just seeing clips of it, and we were having a conversation. And then, one, it there was a statement in that movie that stuck out to us. When Roots started this uh, campaign and crusade okay. against the American um, um, judicial system against the American legislative system on okay. why they would have 148 laws that discriminate against um, discriminate on the basis of gender or sex. Yeah. Our dean, our then dean of, um, what is it called? Our then dean of faculty. Yeah. And he said, if you are fighting for gender equality, you know, and uh, men and women are working and earning the same pay. What is a man? What is a man that can't adequately provide for his family? You get. So, one, it it brought us to a conclusion about how society has projected the fact that the man should always, at all times, be the provider. Even in today's world where the playing field is not leveled, yeah. that mentality holds. Even among women, even a lot of independent women, yeah. they will tell you, you want to date a broke man. Yeah. Can't be. And they're independent. They are working. In fact, sometimes they may be any more than um, the man they get. And that's one of the things Chimamanda called dangers of. Um, um, a one-sided like story and and things like that you know where the woman will come and say things like 
is money is our money my money is my money and mm-hmm. things like that so you now in that kind of society you are bound to find a man who will lose his job and can't tell his wife he will not be able to not because he does not want to but because in most cases the woman will not want to listen even so i'm sorry to say i'm i'm, I'm a feminist i believe in feminism but then even among some I'm into feminism since. <laughs> Even among some women who claim to be feminists now, you get? Yeah. That mentality, they grew up with it. Like we've been talking about how, like, it's from a child. They were born that way. They were born that the man is meant to provide for you. All you have to do is, you know. I mean, I was talking to someone yesterday final year and i was like oh what's up what's your plan after school and she said marriage she's a lady she gets she's a lady that's how she's built you get that's how they are just wired so it is not abnormal now to find in a society that oh a man loses his job and then he does not want to tell his wife if he tells her that he has lost his job then like the question being asked what usefulness uh, I'll be of what use is that man without a means to provide for his family that's the question it is not right it is not right but that those are one of the challenges that we face and on the part of the man it will now be shameful for him to walk up to his wife and say oh I lost my job today she will be the first person to drag him. Even if she does not drag him, the moment she mentions it to her family, there is bound to be a problem. So, to... uh, yeah. So I feel like since Tanya um, has spoken on the finance part, I think I should. Just... <laughs> okay. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Um. So okay, I just want to say one more thing. Um. Just to portray what she said. So I'm a feminist, yeah. And I remember Chimamanda's talk. Um, I feel like she's the blueprint for having conversations like this. Um, she said something as regards, she said, Oh, um, you would see, I think we should all be feminists. Um, she said, You would see a man and a woman, two secondary school the, um, students, they like themselves, um, they go out to date, go out on a date, and then you just, they go to school. She said, she said, yeah, she said they both received the same amount of pocket money or maybe somebody, maybe the girl even gets more. And they go out on a date. And the woman is expected to pay. The boy is expected to pay. And she said, she said, because it's a boy. And she said, yet we wonder why we have more men in prison. And funny thing is, I, I'm trying to remember, there's this research I read where they said most people that are in prison, if you ask them, I'm trying to remember exactly where it was, so I could quote it properly. But most, pe- most people that are in prison, if you ask them, oh, why are you in prison, they'll tell you, oh, they're here for their family. You, you hardly find them say, oh, but even though there's greed, even if yeah. there's greed, but yeah. the greed is mostly, oh, they want to do it for their family. Family. Mm. Their family is to be very comfortable. So there's that conversation. 
to get because and I understand where women are coming from because nobody wants to spend their money. I like generational wealth. I don't want to spend my money. I'm so sorry. <laughs> there's no amount of there's no money that is sweeter than the body that is your own. <laughs> so I do understand it. But I think women need to understand that it ultimately it ultimately um um affects the way the way you are perceived and the way other women are perceived too. Because you you find very they are very terrible men telling Lagos. Very, very terrible. <laughs> They just automatically feel like it's the it's the way it's I think it's the way it just goes the way um oh one Nigerian goes about to go and do fraud. And then every Nigerian is coming like this, all of you are criminals. So I don't know. It's just that. But as regards question as regards vulnerability, I, here's one thing about vulnerability. I feel vulnerability, God put every emotion, those emotions into us. And then those emotions are supposed to be let out. So it's like you trying to hold in um, your urine. You can. Yeah. But it's toxic to your system. So why would you now say I should hold in something that is supposed to be expressed? I should, if you speak to my friends, they'll tell you um, um, one of the persons that is actually very, very touching my emotions. I don't cry. I don't, no, I don't cry in public. I, think, I don't know. I think I just started to like. I think as I just grew older, I just uh, I don't really cry like that. I don't cry. But even when I cry, I don't cry in public. But when I'm happy, when I'm when I'm angry, why can I not show those emotions? Because do you want me to die? Why would I be holding something that's supposed to be released? Like why well, you know like I someone to you say better 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 expect yourself no if maturity wound yourself why would I be holding everything back? They are meant to like I said before they are meant to be expressed. Yeah. Life, it's just one. So why? Who, who, the funny thing is we say people say oh culture is responsible oh culture is what makes make the same determines that men should not cry yeah but the thing is culture doesn't make people people make culture yeah and if people make culture then it means it can be changed there was a time where um 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 men where children were sinners twins were sinners and Calabas in the 1950s, 40s, I think, if I'm not mistaken. And this is actually recent. We're seen as illegal or the devil or evil. And now they are not. Because that part phased out. Yeah. So I do understand the entire this. I understand the toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. And I understand because it's happened to me before. You cry in front of somebody and you don't take it serious anymore. A girl. Yeah. yeah um, can you tell me that story? I want, I want to hear that story. You, you are, you are, why are you crying? Why are you crying? 
Or okay, okay. For instance, funny story. Funny. St- uh, uh, when they want to flog you, they say, "Where are you, Kanye yeah, boy?" Funny story. If if my friend is listening to this podcast, like when it drops, she will tell you. So a few days ago, a friend of mine told me that oh, they found a snake in front of our room, in our house. I mean, the first I said is, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. And then she was like, ah, are you not supposed to be trying to calm me down? I said, please and please. <laughs> please and please. <laughs> so, because, so I will not be trying to form Jagabar. <laughs> man. When I'm scared. And then we, we you know, the first thing is, we now wonder why men die earlier. No. Yeah. Men actually die earlier. So, for yeah. instance, you go out into you go out into the world. Okay, like Tara said about political that 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 theory is perfect on paper, but it's not practiced in the real world. So, a man still understands. I was listening to Timmy and Mr. Easy Mr. Easy's podcast. Um, I don't I, I don't know I, I know Mr. Easy's background, but I definitely know that Timmy probably has more. Um, probably because uh, yeah, has more. Um. Probably because she has generational wealth that's the type that I want. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, Mr. Izzy said, Oh, whenever I go out, he, he likes to pay. And he said, It's not like, he said, It's not like, Oh, um, um, it's because of. He doesn't want because, people to think. No, it's not, it's not because of that. He said, he said, But it's just that when he was growing up, he saw, that's what he saw. So is 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 difficult. For instance, you know, when they ask us feminists, they say, "Oh, can you take it if your wife has a has a job ends more than you?" In theory, me I can be a house husband. <laughs> That's, I knock up the desk, come and work. I can work. I can, I can watch I can take care of baby. My life. But the thing is, how does it make me feel? Mm. In the end. So I feel like, Omo, I think we just need to begin to, I think the word is normalize it. There's even, what's not this person, fraud of Big Brother. I don't watch Big Brother, but I think on Twitter, there was a time, I think, where they got to the house, he was crying. People were like, you be mad now, do they cry? Mm. Which man? What if the depression don't choke out for neck? <laughs> I feel like we should actually give, because... We should actually give people room to be, just be. Because whether you are male, female, transgender, whatever you are, the first and the most important thing is that you are human. Okay. And like Tara and I were saying this afternoon, there's no word I hate more than the word emasculate. Because people say stuff like, if you cry, as a man, you have emasculated yourself. Let me emasculate myself, my dear. But let me understand that it gives me the freedom to be me. So men should actually be in touch with their emotions. It's necessary. And like I said, it's something that should be let out. Why do we now want to use maturity to wound yourself? Thank you, Pillow and Tyre. I'm in awe, right, of how you guys are able to, you know, make me feel like I've I'm, I'm not read enough. 
you know. But I've not done no, a lot of studies. I, I, I really want to appreciate you once again. And, and um, so moving from the masculine bit or the male, male gender stereotype and moving to the female gender stereotype, right? There's also the narrative of the women. So women are judged on two pedestals. One is the fact that they are judged on the basis of womanhood, whereby everything they do is attributed to marriage or husband or childbirth, right? So for instance, a child is not doing in academics, a, a lady rather and the next thing is is this how your children will be or a woman is doing well in the professional world and she's not married and they are blaming the fact that she's not married on, on the fact that she's doing well in the professional world or they are saying something like your success is the one driving me anyway right or you make a mistake in the house and the next thing is, is this how you do when you get to your husband's house right or you know there's always this narrative of okay when even for even women themselves they play this tape for themselves where they they are talking and they're saying my husband will buy a car for me yeah yeah right they are always um they are always judging themselves society is also judging them based on that womanhood you know and marriage and all of those things the second one is based on appearance right where they're saying stuff like um there's the there's the media is selling narratives like this is the perfect body shape right you must be size one you must be size eight you must be size nine you know at different points in time or you must be fair in complexion you know there was a time in nigeria where it, if you are not fair nobody's going to get married to you no rich man rather will get married to you right and um, um um it's just now we are seeing a lot of narrative about black skin women right yeah you're saying the brown brown skin girl you know people are saying own your skin and all of that right but it has always been the fair in complexion or, or, or white in complexion whatever it is right <clears throat> so th- those are the two pedestals on which women are, are judged what do you guys have to say about this <laughs> well let me start by saying that let me make a joke first <laughs> about the um, men wanted fair women. I remember there was a time that, yeah, men indeed wanted fair women. And then they told us that <laughs> you see a fair woman, it's Mami Water. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. That we passed that story where women. <laughs> <laughs> that's but, true. Uh, I, I think people, when it comes to body type, People yeah. need to understand preference. Yeah, so it has nothing to do with if you want a tick lady, go for a tick lady, but don't because you like a tick lady, then say, Oh, a slim lady is not, you know, more make it look like there's something wrong with a lady that is slim. You want that God, God is so smart and wise that He gave us diversity. Mm-hmm. Yes, so. You want a slender lady, go for that. You want a thick lady, go for that. Don't. That's how I feel. Anyway, that's how I feel. And um, I know it's hard, you know. But maybe sometimes we just have to, uh, you know, shut our minds away from how society views us or how they view 
how they view things, you know. I have a friend who is so particular about this flat tummy. He's on the thick side. So, I want to lose weight. I want to do this. I want to do this. A guy or a A lady. Okay. Calm okay. down. <laughs> chill. Chill. You are fine. Which one is... She's looking for a prospect. Can you come? And now, to cover up for that, she's sick. To cover up for that, she she feels um, she had to learn how to cook better. You know, and things like And we had that conversation. And I was like, all these things that you are doing, it's not necessary. And I know that, you know, a lot of ladies like that do all of those things to cover up like they learn to take care of a home better because it's a home now and they, they don't fit into the stereotype or into into the norm and that inclusion of oh i i um i did not meet this body type so i have to cover up for it but really diversity is the beauty of life own it on your body on your skin color um one thing i've come to realize with my height is that people who love your height they love it people who, do, who don't we not most people for me now for me now most people or most ladies will say oh they want you know six feet something like that so the truth is most guys will say oh this is the kind of body type they want but you still find some people that is not they those people they have coconut egg they don't follow the crowd <laughs> so <laughs> so and i feel once you realize that in life it just make it makes things easy it makes things a lot more easy like i don't I'm, you are not pressured yeah. You, get, yeah. you are not pressured at all someone likes it big a lot of people might like it the other way but then if you feel you want to reduce weight, reduce it based on uh, what you want, not because you are trying to fit in into the norm that is society. It's not needed. It's not needed. And then I, I also don't believe that uh, a woman should be judged based on motherhood. I mean, what if she refuses to get married? I mean, you know, what if she um, doesn't want to have a child? Mm-hmm get people society has to create room for that i know in the olden days it used to be like if you are not married as a woman there's a problem if you are not if you don't have a child within the first year of marriage <laughs> there's a huge problem so but people need to just mind their business sometimes i might decide not to marry <laughs> i might decide not to marry you get but because of the way society has wired them women look forward eagerly to marry so yes statements like i can't wait for my husband to buy me a car i have problem with statements like that too <laughs> am i i'm serious my friends don't want to make a statement like that why why did you not say you can't wait to buy a car for your husband or to even buy for your faith for yourself First, you are working, you have a job, you have a degree for God's sake. Your father just sent you to school to just go and waste just waste money on you for you to now go and slave in someone's kitchen. Like 
I don't get it. Why would you now waste all of that? Probably finish the first class set. You waste all of that. And then you are waiting for someone to come and make you happy. Buy you a car. It just makes no sense. But that's what society has wired a lot of women. Like, I visited... I'm praying that this person does not listen to this work. <laughs> I remember this female friend. And that was, you know, because of the pandemic, school had not resumed. I was just chilling in between. And the woman was like, ah, you know, what's up? How are you doing? I said, I'm fine, ma. You know, what are you doing now? I said, nothing. I'm just in my father's house. Yeah, you see, school has no reason. Most people can find something to do. Her daughter has no job, mm. but the way she spoke to me, like, ah, find something to do. You know, you will soon marry something, something. I wanted to say, Ma, your daughter that will finish secondary school together, <laughs> she's in your house, eating your food, like, nothing. But the idea is, her daughter will get married. Yeah. And that is what her daughter always projects anytime we are talking. Like, I do, I, like, the girl would just say, ah, you know that me, the man that will take care of me. Mm. I always, I can't marry someone like that. I'm very sorry. Like, I, I don't even know why I'm apologetic about it. I can't. Maybe because of the way my own mom, mother trained me and what I saw in our, in our marriage. But I, I can't marry someone like that because it's going to be problematic. <laughs> you know, when ah, my husband is the one that would, I mean, why would you do that to yourself? Not even to the man, like yourself. So I don't think a woman should allow motherhood or um, um, how the society views her to define who she is. In fact, I like women that go out of norm, you know, not like they are rude or angry about it, like what my man that said today. But yeah. then just go out of the norm. Like, I, I, I like ladies that do that. So, 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 Tare, sorry to cut you short, right? You say you like ladies that do that, right? There are a lot of people that say, I like ladies that are strong, will, they are that this and that and that. And when the lady finally, maybe they get into a relationship or they, they commit to maybe marriage or something, there's always this inferiority complex. Right? How can a lady do something? I, 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 um, not that I face it in a relationship, right? But when I see a lady do something, some, somewhere at the back of my head, right, I'm like, how can a lady, how can a lady, you know, so, so, I have actually faced it, sincerely. Um, it was not like a relationship, relationship, per se. Tony Casting, Tony Casting. But the, the, the thing is, you know, at, at that point, of course, I do not, I don't have money. That you get hard, you get, <laughs> and I don't. Ah, God. Okay, we are not in the same economy. Like yes. she's not in Nigeria, yes. and obviously, better economy, a better workspace, has a job, you know, lives abroad. Name it, life is good. And even though I'm a feminist in my head, like Tolu was saying the other time, that there are a lot of things we know theoretically in our heads. But when it comes to practice, that, ah, 
is hard to, you know, accept it and do it. And she's so she she's like ready to lavish on me, so to speak now. Mm-hmm. But because I'm in Nigeria, one, I'm a man. <laughs> Two, I'm not I'm not just a man. I'm an African man. <laughs> Three, I'm not just an African man. I'm an Ijo boy. <laughs> you know, all of those, those points are in my culture. If you want to get married, being the guy, you are going to pay for every dime. The wife's family will not pay for a single fiota. If they do, you brought shame to your family. You get. So, in that kind of culture, and then I hear you, Someone, a lady in my life, would, would just tell me, Oh, what do you need? You need a laptop? Don't worry, I'll, I'll send you $200 to get one. Ah! <laughs> 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 you know, it's not the norm, bro. You get most times. Of course, I had to curb it. I'll tell her, I know you have this money, but and see, calm down. But at the same time, I, I also had to remind myself daily that, okay. And there was a time she actually asked me. She was trying to let me get something. I said, oh, she's not worried. I will, I will sort it out. And she said, she said, if you were in my shoes, like, she said, if I were, being a lady, if I were in Nigeria, your economy, with the challenges we are facing, and you are a more stable, more established, and I have issues like this, and you want to help me out. Like, would there be any problem? I said no. She said why? Because you are the guy. You know, <laughs> I couldn't talk, but I already because I already understood where she was coming from, and I just had to tell her that yeah, I I know where you are going. It's hard. I'm I'm. Every day I keep working on myself to remind myself that okay, I might be African and enjoy, but then <laughs> so I think it's a process. It's a process, really. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard to just change twenty years of thinking in in one year like that. So I, I see it as a process. So you just have to keep constantly reminding yourself. I've been there before. It's not easy, especially being that we are Africans. <laughs> it's not easy at all. Okay, thank, thank, thank you very much. I, I like the fact that you're, you're, you're vulnerable about that, right? And uh, I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> I think I'm also in your position. I've not had it on the personal level before, but when I see a girl doing very well, or doing better than me, I'm like, come on, guy, you're a man. You know, that you're a man is a crazy narrative that uh, yeah. we, we've successfully bought. Let me hear from Tolu. Tolu, what do you think? I feel like Harry has done a fantastic job. Um, I would like to talk about um, body structure, body size. Mm-hmm. I feel like we need to have the conversation as regards um, who defines, who and what defines. Um, so I I can relate with this on so many levels because, um, so like in the past four years, yeah. No, three years. Let's say three years. Three, two years. I've put on like a lot of body weight. Okay. And largely because... I've never had this question about my weight. But largely because 
I was sick. I was ill. And the pills I was using at the time was responsible for this. Like pills and then a lot of... Um, I had to get up like at odd hours to eat and so that I could use the pills now. And a lot of... Um, I have, I've had a lot of comments. I've had nasty comments. Absolutely nasty. Nasty, nasty comments about myself. Let's just give God the glory. <laughs> I think, I think, I think the kind of person I am, I've learned to build a very tough skin for things like that. So, in fact, at first, when I when this is first happened, I used to tell people back. I remember there was somebody that said, "Oh, you are so fat and stuff like that. You're now fat." And so it's like I'm not actually fat. Like I, I just have like a lot of body weight. I'm not fat, fat, fat. Like, like a Yokozuma kind of level. I think my weight, I, I don't know, but my weight when I checked it, but I think, I think I'd never reached ninety. And, and this was me that was doing something when I was even skinny. So the entire weight that I'm talking about is like twenty kg, twenty eighteen kg. And I remember saying to the girl, I said, oh my God, you're so skinny. Do you have cancer or do you have HIV? <laughs> and that was a very nasty thing to do. But it was my way of putting up. And I, I, I do sincerely apologize for that. Even though the girl doesn't speak to me anymore. To but <laughs> I felt like I, I do apologize for it. So I, I do understand as questions regarding that. I used to have an uncle who said um, when he first got married, his wife used to be very insecure about her body because she was skinny. And then he said that he's like, but some girls that he liked, like he liked them in bottle. Our, I think our, our glass shaped. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And then she got married and then she began to put on a lot of body weights. And then the guy was like, and then she, was, she felt very, very insecure. And then the guy was like, see, let me tell you something. This was my auntie that was telling me. She was like, see, let me tell you something. See, real men eat, bo- eat flesh. They don't eat bones. Bones are for boys. Have you ever seen a rich man? And that was, this was in his exact words. He said, have you ever seen a rich man struggling over bone in book? No, they go and eat flesh. It's flesh they like. And I remember she said she had a baby. And um, I think she said her... Um, her breast began to sag, and then she didn't. She hated her body because she said they even had to stitch up and stuff. So she hated her, the entire week that came with having a child. And the guy said, "He said, let me tell you something. Let me tell you the truth." He said, "He said this had that one day. You know, it's kind of conversation our parents have with us. You know, the nights that they wake you up." Yeah. He said, "He had that one day," and he said, "And this was not this insecurity was not something that she made visible to him." and he was like let me have a confession to make to you since I was born to this earth his saggy boobs I used to turn me on his saggy <laughs> breath and she said she said she said she looked at me and said to Luan she said you don't know what this your uncle did to me like he literally saved my life I'm just trying to imagine how many people are like my uncle so like, who defines what society standards of beauty are? While I understand that there might be some um, um, health implic- health complications, I remember Tony speaking about it. So there was this famous interview that Osage and Eosie too spoke about when they spoke when they when they bashed Whiskey and bashed Tony, 
and the bash two feet and the bash high spray, which I was actually very annoyed about. Um, they said Tenny Tenny didn't. This was in 2018. They said 2018, 2019. I think they said Tenny didn't have the body for a singer she wasn't attractive enough that she would be better as a songwriter and i remember listening to tenny speak speak about it on an interview with trudy judomo i think last month that aired last month and then she was like the most important thing about your body is that you're healthy so who told you that you that are skinny you are healthy and who told you that you that are fat or that you are plus size you're unhealthy we need to look at things differently and understand that, like what one of my sisters would say, we'll say, okay, are you fat? You said, most parents, you just have to tell yourself, are you fat? Look at yourself in the mirror, are you fat? Yes, okay, you're fat. Can you gym? Can you skip meals to do something about it? Yes. Can you, will you do it? You did it, okay. For me, I tried, but it didn't work. So it's not like I hang myself and say, <laughs> uh, because of what people have said about me, I cannot listen. No, I will not. But I think he also, he also, um, I remember really this question I had with my teacher, Mr. Vincent Tibuque, um, in secondary school. He said one of the things that helped um, people that were racist or people that people that faced racism, overcome racism, was the fact that um, they began to become confident in their own skin. So they would say, oh, you are black and you're a monkey. And then they would say, yes, I admit I'm black. So it no longer became a thing of, yeah, they took that power. So you can, somebody can only have power over you to the extent with which you give them power. So when you carry yourself with your full chest, all right, and carry your body, how exactly you look, skinny, fat, whatever, you, whatever way you look, it should not be the time. It should never. It should never. And understand, like my friend would say, your your body appeals to your own audience. There are people that like fat girls, there are people that like skinny girls. Go and look for the person that likes. You understand? Like, don't, don't stress yourself. And the entire conversation, as um, I think, regards um, motherhood. And I, I don't know. I feel. I, I, it's a very difficult conversation to have. Yeah, that's why you're having it. <laughs> it's a very difficult conversation to have. I, I watched in the entire, I think, 59 minutes interview um, testimony of Banki and Adesua. Yeah. And it was, I, I just began to see, hey, God, God. For them, they said it's just two and a half years. And it looked like an eternity because Adesua said she couldn't have an opinion. For instance, she's pretty answers. Answers. And people are saying, go and born. Hmm. From where to where? <laughs> what if I do not want to have a child? What if my body cannot carry a child? What if I carry a child that will die? And I love my life. Or what if I don't want to have a child now? I think I, I think I don't I don't I don't. It's important. My mother my mother will hear this conversation. She can she listen to this because she's like, hey Jesus Christ, which kind of child am I child am I raising? I think it, I, I don't know. I think you should just allow people to do whatever they want to do. 
let people feel comfortable in their own skin. I remember, I think there was somebody who said she was actually very famous and had a lot of money. A single lady. And she said she would go into um, hotels or conferences and she had to slip, in, slip a ring into her hand. Um, because they won't respect her, they did not see her as, as a married woman. You will see some people, I've seen one in Lagos, there was an accident, and the man said, the man that hit the woman, says he's not going to speak to her. Like I saw it, again. it was in February 2020. He said, I won't speak to you unless I see your husband. I'm like, are you insane? <laughs> First of all, the woman was driving a Toyota Prado, and the man was driving a Toyota Corolla. First of all, you will buy your car 20 times. <laughs> when where you should come down, we need to beg. <laughs> so, every, marriage is good. Yeah. But it, it doesn't define who you are. Why should you? And see, this conversation is hard. Because we're in Nigeria. And let's not lie to ourselves. Let's not lie to ourselves. You want peace of mind for yourself. Because even your friends, you might say, oh, it's just your aunties. You have evil aunties. Or even your mother's friends. Whether your friends would subtle tell you, your friends will say, oh, we cannot hang out with you a single girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll say, oh, we would have told you. They'll say, oh, we have told you. You would have told you, but you cannot relate to a single. Mm. True. So in the end, most people stay, most people get married and then stay in marriages that they don't like, they don't like the person because of the question of what would society say? What would society say? And truth is, we all need our people. Yeah? And not everybody can be as supportive as as they should. Not everybody would be supportive as they should. So it's a very, very. I think you should just just do whatever whatever you feel you're comfortable with. Yeah, whatever is best for you. But my, my one is people that do that. How do they? How do they? I don't people say. I don't people say don't listen to what society thinks. But I mean, you are living in society, you are not living in mass. Like you are surrounded by these people. You, there's no one, you will find people in Lagos that they will say they will not rent house to people that unless they are, unless they bring their husband. <laughs> so, 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 sorry, sorry to cut you short, right? So this happened to, I lost my dad like when I was like four years old, right? And, my mommy was looking for house. In fact, the house we were living, we had to literally, like, we left the house because my mom was like, we do. And the landlord was saying stuff like, she'll be bringing men in. It doesn't matter. And we could not get the house. This is like 20 something years ago. We could not get the house because my mom is a widow and she's going to bring men in. What if she's bringing men in? You <laughs> sure you get like, what, what is their business? My mother said something. She was like, "Why is it that in this country we focus on on the on the on the supply, and not the demand? The people that are coming, are they not men? <laughs> don't they have? Don't they know? Like, we 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 are quick to associate shame for women. 
Yeah. Oh, you are sleeping around, nobody will marry you. But you that you are sleeping around, then your penis is already committed penis. Shouldn't you be ashamed of yourself? Where's your dignity? Where's <laughs> <laughs> your life? Where's your, where's your dignity? Are you like, you are disappointed to the, to the men community. I think so. <laughs> about this what you just mentioned sexuality and i you know I, I, something happened in my house on, on my street yeah a, a number of us brought a girl and that was the first time they would meet one-on-one they chatted a few times on on whatsapp yeah. and then the girl came to visit okay. and the first time they would meet each other they slept with each other they had sex Mm-hmm. And while the girl was going back, she took a bike. My cousin and his friend were watching, and they said, "Ah, this girl, she's a low show. She's prostitute." So I sat there and I said, "Why? Like, why would you call her that? How would you sleep with someone who you just met for the first time?" I was like, "Okay, let's agree that she's a prostitute." Because she decided to sleep with this guy for the first time, that they are seeing each other. What of the guy? What does that make? You? Is he seeing her for the second time? Ah, they were like, "Eh, he's a man now. Mm. He's mm. a man." That was their response. That he's a man. Ah, and I felt anger. <laughs> I said, "What?" I said, "So men can be prostitutes? They they are both." If you are, if you call I a prostitute, you are calling him a prostitute. If you call her a girl, they are calling him a good guy. Like yeah. they, but they they were so quick to shame the the lady because she is a lady. Nothing else. And I remember when the argument was getting heated, and they were all like, "Are you on your feminism views?" And things like that. I I I turned the narrative and I said, "Okay, what if the girl is mommy water?" <laughs> and my cousin was like, ah, if it's my mother, the guy, is, the guy was not sharp now. Nah. Ah, ah, how will you not know? And I said, oh, so she's my mother now, nah, and she wants to use him for you know something. If people say it's the guy that is at fault, the point is, you should not just shame. I mean, let her. That's what she felt like doing. He didn't make her do it. I don't see. You can have your opinions as regards, oh, you know. Premarital sex is bad, it's good, but shaming her for doing what she feels is right and not shaming the guy, even though they are both committing the same offense now, quote and unquote. It was just wrong. But then I understood from my cousin's perspective the way the society has viewed issues like this is that women carry that shame. You get. And that's why the story in the Bible is always fascinating. How the the bro- if I divide with the woman who was caught in adultery, where is the man? Mm. Like, did she commit adultery with herself? Mm. Get, but that was the way society saw it. The woman would be stoned. Sorry, I also feel like this is one thing I think, I think we need to. I think I hate, absolutely hate, where we have a panel of like a, a woman is sitting on an interview, like an interview session, a panel at an event. They ask her, oh, have you been able to cope as a mother? Do you ask that question to men? 
we don't why uh, does does being a man does it exclude you from responsibilities does it just automatically make you irresponsible like this conversation used to pay me <laughs> it paid, no, I'm serious, it hurts me a lot. My mom, my mom has a doctorate degree. And there are times whereby I don't I had this stay at home. And there are times whereby some things she would wait for me to come so that I can go and fight for her. Or my father to come for, so that I can go and fight for her. She, at this moment I'm like, bro, you're a doctor, like you are literally doctor, you're a doctor missing, you working and but there was one, we had, the, we had an issue, I don't know if it, it happened to, I think it was happening to everybody. Nepal has been bringing out strangers' bills for everybody. Everybody. And this issue has been lingering. My, my mother has been going there every time. Do you know that was the day that I followed her? And I did like, I was a, I did like, I just, need something good afternoon, so I said yes. Please, I want to see the what they call that thing. <laughs> manager, whatever it is. I want to see him now. And when I just stood at the back, I was looking. I said, What's going on? And he says, We're very sorry. We're very sorry. We'll make sure that we change. I said, See, don't stress it. I've told you, don't stress this woman. And you know, <laughs> it sounds very funny, but I feel like I think one way that one way that we can actually help to do this kind of we can actually help help to bridge the gap is by normalizing it. So, um, Hidden Figures, the movie Hidden Figures, um, I remember there was this time where um, Hidden Figures, that had those three scientists that worked at NASA. I think it was played by, I can't remember the name of the other tracks, but it was played by, what's her name? This woman, Cookie, in Taraji P. Henson. And uh, there was a time where the man, the man, I think the head of the district had to, went to smash the, the 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 signpost that said, "Oh, only white people." Yeah. Hmm. And it's just the same thing with racism. We need, and like what Rosa Parks did, trying to normalize this thing. Very soon, if all of us can be can be Rosa Parks, just imagine we had like one, two, three, ten, one thousand Rosa Parks. I said, okay, they want to choose to do, to do things differently. In the next 10, 20, 30 years, it might not be my generation. It might be my children's generation, it might be the generation after. We would see things done differently. So I feel like it's just we choosing to not just look at women as properties by ourselves. Do you get and making sure because one thing I've noticed is women are the ones that, or men, the major reason why um, men are, women have this problem because uh, I think there's, there's this, uh, is this illustration or something they said, oh, it's like men have put their foot on the neck of women. So I feel it's very important for you to, if you have a female friend or mm-hmm. you have a mother, you have a sister, you have a cousin or a, or a niece, make sure that you allow them like, not allow them, sorry, because you're not the one holding them. But mm-hmm. ensure that fly as far as, as far as possible. So throw your weight behind, behind them and make sure that you follow that they achieve the 
aim and the heights that they are meant to achieve. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Okay, you have to add something. Diversity is actually the spice of life. Yeah. We are different, so definitely we do things for different reasons. Yeah. I guess. There was this movie, a real life story, you know, adapted into a movie, Lion, where a couple decided not to have, uh, have children. Not because they had fertility or problems or so. They just decided not to. That's another diversity. That's that's their choice. You get diversity shows you that there is there are numerous options on the table. And so I think we should normalize diversity and enjoy it that's that's just it and normalizing and enjoying it will mean that we will give no room to shame yeah. in the society don't forget how we define shame when we started and exclusion you get the diversity breaks that that um, or provides a solution to that exclusion when there is diversity, there is actually no exclusion because diversity is more like including everybody. Yeah. You get it is diversity is self-inclusive. You get so it just breaks the hold of exclusion, and exclusion is what causes shame. So normalizing diversity will um, is a big step step up to the answer of shame or to the problem that is shame in our society today. That's my own opinion. Good, good stuff, guys. Good stuff, guys. I, 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 my my notepad, notepad is filled up already, right? At some point, I had to drop right. I could not keep up with with the gems that were that were dropping. <coughs> so we we spent over over an hour plus, if if not more than one hour thirty minutes, right? So I want us to talk a little bit about building in public being creative and shame right? and I, I run the writing community Tara is part of the community and i also advocate for building a public and i get a lot of people asking questions like um or not not actually questions like make make complaints like I, i'm i'm afraid of what people would think about me you know um or the fear of rejection or these these things like that, right? So I want I wanted to share your personal experiences and how you've been able to cope so far with all of this, and what you also think about all of it. What do you think is the cause for all of this? Tolu. Uh, okay. Um, okay, is that Tare? Yeah, yeah, it's Tare. Okay, good. And then. Um, Creativity and shame and I mean I think was it not last week that we experienced shei uh, shei <laughs> I think it was last week you know where that, that guy came to sing and shei shei just told him oh you are not good enough you will never make money off music what <laughs> you know that 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 is you know, <laughs> if someone had in mind. To go for the next audition, the person might just say, "No, no, 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 I don't want that," because it's, it's on the internet. Everybody would keep talking about it. 
he gets. Like when we start, we talked about how people look for faults, you know, to show that you are not good enough. That type of creativity, and it brings is a cause for shame. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and once that happens in our minds, we we tend to, you know, create that illusion of that exclusion that we talked about. The way we define shame, you know. So we just create that exclusion in our minds and then we box ourselves in. You get. Um, this movie, Eight Mile, 2002, you know, you see Eminem in that movie face something like that, that kind of exclusion. Oh, Alda, oh, you're not good enough. Or your, your writing is bad. Your, your raps will not make it out of Detroit. You understand? And he was lucky to have friends who believed in him that you are good enough you will fry these guys easily and they stood behind him and things like that so i i think it's a problem in our society today you know but like you would always say tony that if you like it then there is someone else who likes it yeah. if another person likes it there will be 10 people yeah. Who like? If ten people like it, there will definitely be a hundred who like it. Yeah. If find a hundred, you'll find one thousand. So, mm-hmm. and then eight billion people in the world. You don't need all the eight billion people to like your creativity. You don't. You just need, you just need a few. You get. And we talked about how that diversity is the spice of life. Yeah. So, you don't like my stuff. Good. I will most likely ask you why, so that I can improve. But if you don't give me a genuine reason to it, I mean, there will definitely be someone else who sees it as good. So building in public with will help you find who likes what you get. It will help you connect to people in your own audience, and um, may take a while, but definitely you will find it that's why we talk about diversity being the spice of life I mean, some people don't like macaroni mm-hmm. um, Mr. some people don't like MC Lively mm-hmm. don't like um, um, Tauma yeah, so, but you will definitely find someone who likes this one someone who likes this one someone who likes this one and they are all doing fine yeah. Yeah. but before they got there Definitely, they have to keep up appearances in public and keep beauty, regardless of what society is saying. And the truth is, most of the time, society follows. Society is a product of. Uh, how, how do I put it now? People follow the crowd. Let me put it like that. Yeah. <clears throat> Once you see that, ah, it's as if everybody's already liking this thing. Yeah. Let's all go and like it. When Bone Street started trending, I thought Bone Street was a new thing. Until someone said, ah, Bone Street was a that people don't consider it, but because the BBM stars all use Bone Street in the last um, BBM thing, so the whole thing just came back alive and it now became expensive. You get, mm. and, and then have Bonner Boys too. So, <laughs> in, eventually, we go to my breakfast. So, that's just it. I, I think. The fear is, oh, am I good enough? 
just you are good enough. You are good to go. I think Tolu has something to say. Tolu, let me hear from you. Right. Um, so I feel like um, first of all, being in public would help you build your confidence because what it does is it gives you a an audience that um, you are now accountable to, and then it also helps you to get other people's opinions. But I think we need to be careful about other people's opinions because uh, most of the time, people's opinion are not a reflection of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of yeah, yeah. So when this ulti thing happens, if you ask me, I'm a child of a pastor, like blood of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus. What is this rubbish that people are wearing? It doesn't mean that what they were wearing was wrong. Wrong. It was my reflection or my opinion. So most of the times, it's mostly people's reflection of you. But I feel like the best way to build is to build in public. Because one of the days whereby, you know, like our friends say, see, just keep walking. Our friends say, just keep walking. One day, one day, somebody will come and say, ah, ah, where is that person that's been walking? Go and bring the person out for me. But no, not this generation. Because like I say over and over and over again, fortune favors the bold. And most times, many times, Boldness is the only luck that you need. So it is very, 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 very important. And like you said to Tyre, if you can find one person who likes it, you'd find 10, you'd find 100. And these are all these people that do skits. You'll find that, okay, sometimes they get like maybe like an average of, let's like say, 500 key. 500 key views on their skits. Okay. And Nigeria, we're 180 million people. And most likely, those 500 key people are the people that have been seeing it over and over and over and again. So, would you now say because of this, you don't want to, you don't want to write, you want to start the word of your greatness because you feel like there are already too many people there, too many people there. There are never enough. And understand that nobody has your experience, nobody has your touch, so nobody can do it like you. So this is why the world needs you in particular. And there's nothing, and I feel this is actually, this question is actually sobbing me. But I used to write, I have like a lot of writing, but I know it's a publish it. <laughs> My friend, like heck, like this. I was an article in October about um, this youth democracy party thing. And it took my friend 24 hours of telling me that, you know, you are enough, you are okay. And I, put, I, remember, I remember taking publish and sharing it, tired, turned by the neck. And I went to go and sleep. I said, oh, is this you fuck up? If you spoil, you spoil. And I woke up the next morning. People were like, oh my God, Tolu, you should write some more. It was fantastic. Just just imagine, what if I didn't write in the first place? Shut up. I've written, I've written, I've written, but I've not published. I've written, I've written, but I've not published. Writing is not complete until you publish. They say I have to stay on public Maybe Well, yeah, I actually do. Uh, well, I don't know. I, 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 I will publish. Now that I have said this, now that I have told myself, I have pricked myself, I will publish. I promise you that by next weekend, 
today is uh, today is I don't know what today is it is, but by next weekend, I shall publish one of my articles. Yeah. I definitely publish. I'll get the link. One out of sixty. So yeah, it's it's very important. People have gotten opportunities because because they build the public. As much as of Oxford, that's Ojai was saying that he got two opportunities just because he put fintech enthusiast on his Twitter bio. Hmm. So, like we say, or the, like the Bible says, what of what you use is um, light if you hide it under under a bushel. So really fun. And the only funny thing, what, what I realized is that most people that actually most people that are actually in public domain and this is like without your respect, they actually do rubbish. I feel like we have two classes of creators in this in this country. They're the ones that have the cloud. Yeah. Hmm? But they don't they don't really know how to do the work. Yeah. So that's how you get what I order versus what I got. Yeah. But the people that actually know how to do the work don't know how to start for their work mm-hmm. so you know you discover somebody and you're like oh my god your work is so good why don't you why don't i why don't this why doesn't the world know you actually it's wrong it's absolutely wrong the same energy you carry megaphone and talk about your work don't be actually what's the worst what's the worst what's the worst that people say no after that the end and if you like if they say no and they post your insta blog well every publicity no publicity is every publicity is publicity. No publicity is bad publicity. Mm-hmm. So this wise kid guy now, when people found him, his streams now increased. Because <laughs> people are like, ah, let me guy if we hear the rubbish. <laughs> okay, ah, okay, let me hear from oh, of the go. Of this guy that she, she uh, spoke to at this thing. Mm-hmm. So what's the word? Please, can you begin sympathetic? So build in public. See, you don't need I was listening to earlier speak He said he said I said I don't want I don't want plenty people to listen to that. Plenty people that listen to me, let them listen to me. He said by the time the, the rest of the world will catch up. Same thing mm. with Burner Boy. Mm. Me, I've listened to Burner Boy since the days of 2011, LIM, um LIFC, um Yawade, this song, the smoke some weed, used to be like our favorite jam in secondary school then. Now the world has caught up to Bona. I'm even angry, like Bona. Why? We that we are your fans, your <laughs> core hard fans. Or telling that I used to then when they used to do videos on 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 the internet. Yes, shared shared video, yeah. Instagram. Then everybody's I'm telling I'm like, please, Tenny, please. I don't like what you did. I I should have just kept you in a shelf in, in a museum. I kept you in my room. So the world will catch up. The world will definitely catch up to you all these things. And understand that what people 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 dismiss what they don't understand at first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it will look like madness. The right brothers they thought mad when they said would make better that will float in the air. Look at Jackie Rollins. It will look they will say you are they will say you are, you are I, I, I can't remember what pink it was. But he said this man was actually mad. I can't, I'm, I'm trying to remember. Said, I'm trying to remember. Rabbi Shama Kurt said it. He actually never sold any pictures of the judge. So, just do you. The rest of the world will catch up. You don't need, you don't need all the, this thing. If it's one person that's following you, 
it's okay. I run a non-profit. We have like 200 followers. <laughs> we have followers on Twitter. It's okay. But we have the people that we are that, that the engagement that we have. It's okay. I don't care. Just keep building. One day everything is time. In the words of Eriga, um, who go better go better na time go take. One day somebody go call him Papa name. So yeah. Thank you, thank you very much, Tuluan. I, 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 I normally want to say something after each comment, but you guys just keep saying everything. You guys just keep saying. And uh, I'll ask one final question, right? And um, I'll ask each of you, you know, to give uh, your last word and record it today, right? So. There's a lot of rave about feminism, and I know you guys mentioned that you're feminist, right? And um, it seems as though feminism has gone to the extreme, or it is going to the extreme, right? And um, Toluani mentioned something about toxic masculinity, right? And what a lot of people define as toxic masculinity is the fact that um, they want equality of outcome, right? And they're saying men are always the one employed, men are always this, men are always that, right? <clears throat> and nobody's talking about opportunities, right? If there are equality of opportunities and all of those other things. So I want you to talk a little bit about that. Right, in respect to uh, to shame, and also I want to talk about how women are themselves stre- straightening this. That they want straightening. Um, okay, I'm having a tongue with it now. Straightening. Am I pronouncing it correctly? <laughs> yeah, it sounded like I'm pronouncing it wrongly. But they are straightening the um, the patriarchy. What's it now? Right. And um, I, I want you to talk just, I know it's a mix of things, but I want you to just talk around it. Tell you step back for a minute. Okay. Um, first, the first thing I'd like to say is everything in life would definitely have an extreme. Everything. Yeah. Every, every idea, every belief system, you know, they will definitely be extreme. So, the whole, I, I, the way people make oh, fem, feminism is going to the extreme, they make they now make feminism look bad. You get extremism itself is bad, but we should all know that everything in life, people, some people will take it to the extreme. Definitely. So, there is already that in place. <laughs> Even the words we are saying today, some people listen to this podcast and then take it to the extreme and say, oh, Tony said this, Tony yeah. said this, yeah. I said this. So there is already that in place. We can't let, 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 me, let me add context to that, right? So I talk a lot about the faulty educational system, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and the need to get better educational system. And a lot of people just keep coming and asking me that I want to quit school. What do you think I should do? I want to quit school. How do I go about it? <laughs> but that's not what you're talking about. 
I'm not saying you quit school. I'm not anti-school. Exactly. So, people will always take things to the extreme. So that, yeah. That's just the You get anything you say, especially when you have a followership, anything they will do, they will take it to the extreme. But that doesn't mean feminism is bad in itself. It's just curbing the extremism. Now, what I feel people should do is read up. Don't just uh, go through uh, a 140 word Twitter trend or something. Like, read up on it. Yeah. Listen to people talk. Then form your own opinion. Pick your side and stay there. Though, most of you that go to the extreme are people that are not really knowledgeable about the subject matter. But I, I don't like to call myself a feminist. I like to say I'm a budding and learning feminist because I'm always led it. So it's like yeah, we are hearing new things every day. Yeah, yeah. So that that has helped me to be able to curb the old extremism, whatever, whatever. So there is that. And then uh, you asked about. Um, I'm trying to remember now. Women versus women. Yes, women um, strengthening the old patriarchy. I think that's also a societal thing. You know, we, we mentioned it in uh, partly yeah. in this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Is the way they were brought up. You get, it's going to be difficult. Like, imagine, imagine growing up with the idea that um, you know a, a man is meant to take care of you as a woman you are most likely to pass that message across to your daughter. Being a mother, you get. Even with all the books you read and change of ideology, and if you are not careful enough, subtly you would pass it. Maybe in behavior, because that's what you grew up with. You get. So, I mean, uh, this movie that we mentioned on the basis of sex, where they talked about and Greensburg. Our dean, the dean of our faculty said, because that dean, he was actually the one who fought for women to receive a law degree from Harvard. And he said his own wife warned him against, against it. <laughs> when he said, I was told, why would <laughs> you want women to um, get a degree in law from Harvard? Uh, from Harvard and your wife or his wife, who is a woman, warned him against that, said, no, no, the woman's place is, is at home, is in the kitchen, you know, things like that. Why would she do that? Why would she say that? It's because her mind has been conditioned to think that way. Her mind has been conditioned to think that way, you know. She, she has found a safe spot and she's comfortable there, I guess. She's just comfortable there, so it's sometimes or most time I see it as not being their fault. You get, for instance, I, I speak to some of my friends about feminism, it takes a long time for them to accept it because it's just very difficult. You know, sometimes some things they do, and I'll tell them, Can you see what you just did today? Can you see? And but you, you can't blame them. They've Taking years, some of them, all their life, they train them for marriage. 
Is yeah. this how you beat the husband's house? Is this a, so it's just when they have daughters, <laughs> if you just flow like that, like ah, when you have children, is this how you behave? You know, things like that. So it's just is difficult. Not that it's impossible, but it's quite a little difficult. And it now looks they are the one well um strengthening it. Another reason is another reason why women strengthen it is because they want um what Simamanda calls pseudo or light feminism or something where you know like we mentioned she the woman she's independent but she's still saying things like his money is his, is our money my money is my money he gets they want to have this feel of oh I'm independent I work for my money and things like that and at the same time have this feel of um ah, I'm a baby I have to be pampered I have to be taken care of and like Tolu said nobody enjoys spending their money because they know that they put in a lot of work yeah. to make it so she wants to spend without you know she does not want to spend her money she wants to spend the man's money you get because he's <laughs> spending money is no work for it's actually very sweet <laughs> pion, pion, pion. Yeah. hello baby I, I need a bench jam he has wired your account <laughs> Jesus, we'll get there <laughs> so it's that's what some ladies want and um, because of that they strengthen the old patriarchy movement and things like that and they don't know, but they are causing more harm than good. Yeah, they are causing more because they want to enjoy, they want to enjoy you can't eat your cake and have it. They want to enjoy the benefits of feminism, but at the same time, they are discrediting what feminism stands for. Whether they know it or they don't know it. You get so in in that in that in doing that they are strengthening the um patriarchy. They are, they are strengthening them. You get yeah. so they start. I think you mentioned one more thing that I'm trying to remember. Uh, they mentioned toxic community, equal opportunities, equal outcome. Right now, I don't even see that equal opportunity as something that is. Uh, well, I don't see that something that we've achieved yet. So I think I think the issue now is that um people are fighting for equal outcomes instead of equal opportunities. What do you mean by equal outcomes? So um, they want 50-50. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Outcome is dependent on competence, right? If a man is competent, he gets the job. Not a woman getting the job because she's a woman. If a woman is competent, she gets the job. That's outcome. Yes. Right. But opportunity is that both men and women, women rather can come for the interview. Right? Nobody's stopping them. But the outcome of that interview will be based on competence, not based on gender. That's right. That's actually the Yeah. But That's now we're having a lot of we're having a lot of um, narratives uh, of 50, let's do it, something, something, something designed for women. 
right? All the men that are competent that can handle that, right? <clears throat> so there's I'm not saying it's a bad idea, right? For you to organize Actually, camps or trainings for women. Right? By right. Yeah. Actually, but Tolu does not agree, but in my opinion, I think it's a bad idea. Okay. Because, because um, I, I, I want to, I want to be able to free myself. It's, it's more like you are not working for it. I don't. You are, you are, you are not working for it. Yeah. You are just getting fatter. Yeah. I do not value it enough. You get. If you are spent enough for it, you should be given, not based on oh, we want everything to be balanced, and because we want everything to be balanced, then we are sidelining, we are sidelining the men who are competent just to make everything equal. I don't, to me, in that case, it's no longer equal. Yeah. Where is quality? You get. Yeah. So I, I don't, I, I don't. I agree with it. I don't think I agree with it. Okay, okay. I don't want this to become a, a gender discussion. Uh, let me hear from Tolu and wrap up. All right, okay. So, um, here's what I think as regards to that. I think that um, for the longest time, for centuries, hundreds of centuries, women have been sidelined. And marginalized, yeah, and this has caused a gap. All right, I don't, I don't want us to see it like, oh, it's men against women. I want to just see it like, this has caused a gap, like, in the amount of opportunities that men have. Do you get? So I think there was this time that um, Kuda has, and everything. Sorry, everything that. Um, people have done, organizations have done, the UN has done, is to like help to bridge that gap. And the funny thing is, the gap is still not bridged. Because what they've done is, they've done it in like the last 20 years. What women have had to face, they've had to face it for hundreds and hundreds of centuries. Now, I think, was it Koda that said they were going to do internships for women alone? Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Was it? Okay, yeah. Now, the reason why they said they were going to do that was not because, I mean, let us just come and get on the platter, but because they noticed that at the office, the ratio of men to women wasn't wasn't on a balanced scale. Like it was, I can't remember what exactly was was said, was said in the press con- press release, but it was like at a very absurd absurd rate. So what they were trying to do was they were trying to balance balance it up. I can't remember who, who was saying this that said, oh, um, I, I, I know I, I know who was saying it, but I just want to use his name to cover it. So he's a chef, and then he was like, um, every time he sees, every time he um, has to employ between a man and a woman, he would employ a woman. Like both of them are equally qualified to employ a woman. Because it's trying to make up the balance of whatever 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 balance that whatever gap has been has been bridged, and he said he noticed that um, in his line of work, it's actually very difficult for women to to climb up the ladder. 
she said oh when he gets to like when a woman gets to that point he just tries to encourage them i don't want us to see it like that way i just want to see it as want us to see it as of course competence competence would count of course competence definitely definitely has to count and if a man is more competent than a woman then why should you give a woman the job because in there you don't want to you know you don't want you don't want to lose money at the expense at the expense of being um a feminist or a or, a, or, or an advocate of, of gender equality so of course, you know, of course, everybody should. One thing feminism has is equality. So everybody should be able to. I don't want to say fights, but everybody should be able to be given the same level playing ground. But when it comes to the time whereby we're trying, to, okay, for instance, now we're trying to select a person for a president for the nation. Now we now say, oh, because somebody is a woman, and then she's okay. That, that, I don't. I, I think the qualifications to become president of Nigeria is wife certificate. I think that's just what you need. But let's even let's even leave right. Let's say maybe a minister or something, something that has like a certificate or something like that. So that's that's what I think we need to understand. That everything they are doing is not like they're trying to um, phase out men. They are just trying to just close that gap. And the funny thing is, the gap has still not been. That's the thing. It, it, we are still far from it. We are still very, very, very far. A woman cannot just walk in the road now, on the road in the dark, without the fear of being harassed or being touched. That's like so. Women are still viewed as properties. Women are still being in some parts of Nigeria. Women are still being passed on from brother to brother when. When the, when when the husband dies, women are, women are still let's not even like ourselves. Women are, women are still being asked to shave off their hair, to sleep in the same room with, rooms with their dead husbands. So this is happening. This is real. Do you get? And I'm going to close with um, a quote by Manala Yousafzai. I'm one of my favorite favorite per- persons in the world. Um, the youngest Nobel laureate. Um, she said, we cannot all succeed when half of us are held back. That's just a simple truth. If our mother, because I mean, we, yeah, we have more, we have more, I said 52 percent, we have more women in the world than men. So, that's why you, as you climb up the ladder, like my mother said, the, high, the more you climb up the ladder, the fewer, the fewer women you get, we have. So everything they're trying to, they're trying to Bridge that gap, help to bridge the gap. So yeah. Th- thank you very much, Luani. Right, I I, I will know this. Maybe we we'll discuss it some other time. Right, um, maybe outside of the podcast. <laughs> I might I might also need to clip this out of the podcast because we say we seem to have deviated a little bit from shame. But it's it's wonderful having discussion with you. Right. So I want you guys to say your last words, Tolu and Tare. What what are the last things you would like to say to people as regard shame? You know, in in a, in a gif. You go first. Um, yeah. So like I said, shame is a social societal construct at the yeah. beginning. Um, it's a feeling. So it's you that determines what shame is. I think you just need to learn to be confident in your own skin and do your thing with your full chest 
and was a dirty bachelor. With your full chest, do not let fear or shame or whatever hold you back. Alright, it's just it's just a feeling and like my mother would say, it's only your head. Yeah. It's only your head. You don't have it's allowed to rob you of like figure destiny. Yes, you're supposed to be ashamed of some things. Yeah. But what shame is whatever you turn it to. Yeah. And then it's whatever it, it has power over you. Only as much as you give it power. Yeah. I have a friend who, an, who has an extra year now. And he sees the joy at which he uses to go and meet because he's in, I think if you're a part two course or part two, part three, he will carry his book and be going to part three classes as if he would think that this is. Yes. Who is that? Because my dad, yeah, my dad, he said, yes, I know, I don't know, yes, it's my full chest. I'm going to class myself. Mm. In fact, to tell, tell you how proud. He's even trying to make good grace so that I can add his GP. <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah, that's just it. So, just do you. It's, it's, a, it's a feeling. It will pass. It will pass. It can, like I said, it will only have power over you as much as as much as, as much power as you give it. Huh? All right. Um. So, like I defined shame in the beginning, I defined it as an exclusion, you know, exclusion to what society sees as the norm. And uh, I also said this exclusion is mainly in our minds as individuals, and um, mainly in our minds because of how we think society is perceiving us. You get so, and um, I also talked about how that break that diversity is the answer and diversity is part of life to so recognize that you're different you know um, we are all different we have different tastes we feel differently we think differently we act differently and it's okay to be different different is the norm so once you have that mentality that being different is the norm you'll be able to break through that exclusion in your mind yeah. and once you can do that shame for me will not have power over you like Tolu said or it will not you you would have taken the power away from shame so just realize that i'm different you know and be yourself it's okay to be different it's okay to be diverse so diversity is the spice of life and is, is a huge or is the answer i'm trying to be careful to that exclusion in our minds and in society or that society has created so it's okay it's okay to be the different one in the room thank you guys that's that's all i can say man this this is massive uh this is nice. thank you very much to Luani. thank you very much Charlie, for doing this with me um, I, we, we we've used about two hours and man <laughs> it's value packed it's value packed um guys you, you you've listened to this to this guy's talk right and i'm blown away 
I was writing, you know, I was trying to keep up, I was trying to keep up, but <laughs> at some point I just have to drop my pen and I'll, I'll do the listening again from, from the beginning. Thank you very much, Tulu. Thank you very much, Tari, for coming on the show and for sharing insights and for being vulnerable. You guys shared your stories. I'm sure you've not, maybe some of these things you've not said some in public like this. Um, I'm, I'm very grateful for that. Um, guys, if you have comments, if you have questions, if you want to add to this, you know, you know how to reach me either via mail or via Twitter or Instagram or anywhere you see this, you know, just drop this comment, right? Um, I will do well to respond to them. Thank you very much to Lou and Tare. Bye. Yeah, bye. Thank you.